You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to those ancestral helping spirits who bring all that is good and true and beautiful in this ancestral legacy to us, the living, that we may draw on that legacy, draw on the wisdom of those who have gone before us, To do a better job rising to the challenges of our own time, we call out to these people who lived well, who died well, to help us understand how to do the same in our own time. May we draw on the ancient traditions that continue to be that which helps us to cultivate and sustain ourselves in a good way every day. And may we have the courage and the inspiration to innovate innovate well in those places in our life where we are called to do something no one has ever done before, to lead in a way no one has led before, and to simply love in a way no one has quite had the courage to love before. And we ask our ancestors to stand with us, the living, to do what must be done for those who are coming. And let us reach beyond these human ancestors to those ancestors who were here long before there was ever a human to those non-human ancestors here that form this great web of life on this planet that we all call home. We call out to those ancestors to help us to remember our true nature, to drop more deeply into what it means to be a human. What are we as a gift here to this great web of life and how we can how can we surrender from the ego and the personality and the driving forces of our contemporary life that move us away from that center of our own inner knowing that knows why we are here and knows that we call everything here brother and sister in this web of life. And so we ask these ancestral helping spirits, though those who are so much older than even the first human to help us to remember why we became part of the dream and to live fully and completely in to that purpose. And so as all of these helping spirits gather around us, human and non-human, let us call ourselves in to this day. Let's draw ourselves from wherever we are, perhaps scattered about, into our mind and draw our energy then from our mind down into our heart and from our heart down into our belly. And from our belly, let us take a moment and reach out and touch the earth and give thanks for this day. Give deep heartfelt gratitude for all that is in this day that gives you that possibility to change. All that has been in your life that has brought you to this moment and all that will be. Give gratitude to that which is known and unknown, to the gifts you have discovered and those you have not yet unpacked. We give gratitude for it all, 
for its beauty, its great diversity, and the possibility that is open before us each day. So with great gratitude in our heart to the earth herself, let us reach our energy down through all the layers of the earth, giving our gratitude as we go, reaching deeply in to the very center of the earth, anchoring ourselves firmly there, reaching into the energy there in the very center and to connect in to that which draws its strength from darkness and silence, from stillness, from solitude. Let us be with this energy that renews and restores and replenishes, that which nourishes all life as we know it. And let us reach deeply into that energy and draw it up with the clear refreshment of clean, cool water on a hot day when we're working hard and sweating and we draw that beautiful, clear liquid in. Let us draw the silvery energy of the earth up and into our own bodies. And from this energy of the earth, let us connect into the great wisdom of manifestation, how to be here in form in a good way and to understand all of the relationships that make that real. Let us understand our relationship with ourself, who we are, where do we stand, what do we stand for, what has heart and meaning in our life and build our sense of home and hearth and belonging on what has true meaning, what truly moves our heart. And let us do this in a way that we come into right relationship with others, right relationship with ourself, right relationship with our environment and with the invisible world. And let us connect into these energies, these many energies within ourselves and between ourselves and others, and open ourselves into a greater understanding of this enormous web of life. And may we see ourselves in that web, both essential and insignificant at the same time, and to know our place in that oneness and draw our sense of right relationship from that oneness with all things. And so let us draw that energy up, fueled by the energy of the earth, up from our belly into our heart, from our heart up into our mind, and up and out the top of our head and into the sky and whatever weather it holds for you today. Up and out through the atmosphere, out into the cosmos and all the way to the highest power of the universe by whatever way you know this energy, by whatever name you call it, however you conceive of it, connect with it. Let it connect fully with you and you with it and draw this golden energy down, drawing in the radiant, inspiring energies from above into your life, into your body, into these proceedings. We call these energies in to bring in the essence energy of blessing into our lives, to fill ourselves and allow it to flow out to others. We call in the energy of protection. We draw that into ourselves and allow it to flow out to others. We call these energies in that we might feel true commitment and devotion to that which moves our heart. Let us call this energy in that we feel the benevolence of our universe, that we feel inspiration and innovation and that we might be within ourselves that lighthouse in the storm for others. 
Let us do what we believe needs to be done by modeling it here in the world. And we ask these energies from above to help to inspire us in our truth and clarity in these actions. And so we draw that energy from above down through our body, our head to our heart, to our belly and into the center of the earth. And in this way, we connect the earth to the sky the sky to the earth we connect these two great legendary lovers within us infusing that center channel with the big love of these two mighty ancient beings and we let that big love awaken the energy of our own tender hearts and as our hearts the spirit of the heart awakens let it call up and online the powerful transformation that is the crucible within the heart and we call up the fiery passions of our belly and down the crystal clarity of our mind and let these two energies mix and dance in a dynamic tension that gives birth to the third and most essential thing, some sense, some understanding, some inspiration or memory perhaps of why you are here. And may you find the energy there in that very same human heart to have the courage to do something in this day, large or small, to make your unique gifts manifest in the world. And to all the spirit help that we have, all of us every day in doing precisely that, I give great thanks. May what needs to be heard be heard today, what needs to be said be said, and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I'd like to give special thanks to those of you that donate to the show regularly as a monthly donation. Um, why shamanism now is listener supported for those of you who don't understand that this show literally exists in the world and has now for 10 years because listeners like you are able to donate um, humbly uh, each month to help the show to pay its bills that keep the archives available and um, keep everything live and working um, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com and donate any amount, large or small, in any currency. We're happy to receive it all. It goes directly to keeping the show on the air. So if this show moves you in any way, if it moves you into inspiration and a sense of really getting many people email and say they get kicked in the butt, and it moves you into action in your life, that's great. But it's also great if it moves you to frustration or irritation and causes you to think about something perhaps in a new way, even if ultimately you decide you don't agree. None of it really matters. All that matters is that you have been moved in the heart. And will you please do that most shamanic of actions, which is to allow that which moves you in your heart to motivate your actions in the world. And do something, large or small, to help the show to grow. To bring these teachings into your own life in a real way, to share them with others in your journey circles, perhaps go learn how to journey, whatever it might be to take the next step um, and continue on this journey of learning how to apply shamanic practices in a practical way, in an effective way, in a safe way in our everyday contemporary lives. So with that said, we are going to continue today on part three of Getting Unstuck. And I've just decided that part three is going to be the end of this series. I thought it was going to go on a little further, but we're going to wrap it up here today, assuming I can do it all in our hour here. And so we are live today. So if you do want to, ha- if you do have questions about today's topic, you're welcome to call in at five one two. 
772-1938. You can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site, and you can always email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org, and I would be happy to um, answer your questions, usually in a new show. I don't always respond to everybody's emails personally. I usually put them in the hopper. Um, as um, possible show ideas. Um, And so thank you all for your ideas. It is because of your engagement with the topics in the early shows that have created the ongoing topics here in the later shows. And so one of the things that I notice in people's emails as they listen to the show is this kind of inability to discern the nature of their stuckness. There is a tendency um, in many of our care providers out there to treat every illness as a shamanic illness, every issue in this kind of ham-handed way that everything is writ on this grand scale. And in reality, for many of us, we just get into this garden variety, completely reasonable, got there incrementally day after day kind of stuckness in our life where we find we then can't get out of it. We don't know what to change. We've got too much writing on all the decisions that we've made, and it feels impossible to change. So this is what this particular series is about. So part one of the series was actually June of 2017, and uh, you can use the search function at whyshamanismnow.com to search for the these series of shows about stuckness. But anyway, in part one, we talked about being a human and realizing that you are truly stuck. Waking up out of your denial that one more, one more session with a shaman, one more clearing, one more um, tapping, one more whatever is going to change this. But we finally wake up out of the, not, the denial that the things you're doing are actually working because they're really not. And we honestly accept that we're stuck. And we're not talking about yet another ego death stuck and big shamanic process here. We're just talking about garden variety. Your life is the logical conclusion of your collective belief system stuck. So step one to getting unstuck had to do with accepting the biggest piece of the puzzle always for us, which is that we are human and that it all begins in the body and that now you know you're stuck. So change it there in the body. And I talked in show one about changing your chemistry. There are many ways to change your chemistry, and that was really what the first show was about. Okay, so once you change your chemistry, um, then you're able to see your life differently. And by changing your chemistry, I didn't mean just go, you know, do ayahuasca. I was really talking about making a fundamental change in the um, systemic energy of your body. So for some of you, for example, that do use substances regularly, one way to change that would be to stop and detox and see what happens. What I was talking about in the show was uh, spring liver detox, which is something that I do annually. So that was a big change chemistry. All right. So once you change your chemistry, you will be able to see your life differently. And that is the primary reason for doing it. Now, many of you emailed me about how great it was that now you changed your chemistry and everything looks different now. So you must be unstuck. And I said, hang on a minute, people. Yes, it looks different. um, But if you could just do things differently now, then you weren't really stuck in the first place. Um, If you could just do things differently, you most likely already would have. So it's not that you're unstuck. It's that you can now see 
your situation differently. And that's an important thing is to be able to see in new ways, see with new eyes. So the point of changing the chemistry was to see things differently and specifically to look for where you were blind and why you were doing what you were doing. Not what you were doing, but why you were doing it. That's the key thing. And we talked about that in the second show, which was last month. Um, now it is April of 2018. And um, we're going to talk about this transition then from being able to see into your blindness, which you needed to change your chemistry to be able to see. Once you could see, you could see your blindness. Once you could see into your blindness, you start looking at why am I maintaining this blindness? What, how is this serving me? Okay. In other words, what is the main reason you are creating your blindness and how to begin to see through that? Um, so let's assume that you're there, that you've been working along over these months and that you have seen what you were blind to and why you're holding on to that blindness. So that allows you then to see this why question allows you to see what I call the vein of gold. This is the place in your life where now applying your skills, addressing what's going on here is going to actually be a new resource. It's going to change things in a way that you're going to be able to get unstuck. Okay, so that's the general theory here. Okay, so let me share an example. Um, from my life. Okay. So many of you have done winter solstice fire rituals um, that I've offered here on Why Shamanism Now. I don't do it every year, but I've done it regularly. And so some of you have some context for this example. Okay. So um, two and a half years ago, I did a winter solstice fire ritual with my own student community. Um, And that particular winter solstice ritual was really powerful for me. As a result of that ritual work, I was very clear what changes I needed to make in my life. Um, I, I was aware of being somewhat stuck, but my stuckness felt so reasonable um, that I really thought that I could just do this big winter fire ritual and um, see clearly um, what needed to happen. And I felt that I really got that transformation in the fire and that I knew what changes I needed to make. I could see clearly how to make them. Um, I, had a, I had this, um, all of this was new awareness um, and that I was absolutely sure that this new clarity and all the, this huge release of good energy, really good use me to make these transformations, Christina, kind of energy that came out of that ritual was right there for me and that the path forward was so clear it seemed utterly without obstacles Um, and that this would just be the thing that would allow me to make the changes that I needed to make in my life. It seemed so clear and so obvious and I was really inspired. I was very hopeful each day Um, and then I would, a day would go by and I wouldn't be able to do the things. Now it always made sense why I wasn't able to do the things and I would regroup at my ancestral altar each night and I would look at why I hadn't been able to do it and go back to what I'd learned at the, from the fire and, and recommit to applying those very doable steps to my life the next day 
And I would be all inspired to just rest and wake up the next day and give it another shot. And I did this day after day, month after month, doing all of the things that I do every week. And never once did I really notice. I just felt I was in the process. I, I never once really noticed that the bottom line was I was utterly unable to manifest the changes. I was utterly unable to get to these actions that really felt that they were just one step from where I was. They felt so doable. I was so inspired to do them, but I wasn't. And so I also never stopped uh, and felt deeper into what was going on. I just kept trying. I just kept being in process because, you know, I'm busy, right? I got the radio show. I have my student community. We have all these councils. The councils need guidance. I have the nine parts of the cycle of transformation going on every year in each cohort in each of those nine parts. And they need me to um, help to guide them in their transformational processes. And I have um, clients, both long distance and local to me here. All of this stuff is a beautiful life. It's exactly, you know, beautiful manifestation of my soul's purpose. I'm busy. I'm really, really busy. It all makes sense. It's all good. They're all good problems. And yet, in reality, I was not doing what I had committed to do at the fire in an effort to make larger, sort of more universal changes I knew that needed to be made. So a year goes by. Yep, a whole year. And by that next winter solstice rolling around, it became very clear that I was really stuck in my life, that I had not been able to even do one part of the actions I was given to do from the fire much less maintain and sustain any actual changes that would have come from having done any of that amazing piece of ritual work that I did with my community. You know, I was really, really stuck. And only coming into that next winter fire ritual a year later, able to go, crap, I am really dug in here. And I like it all. It's all good work. It's all a great expression of my soul's purpose, and I am really, really stuck. So I went into the preparation for that next winter ritual with this awareness that you are really, really stuck and simultaneously really doing a good job of living your soul's purpose. So what are you going to do about that? Because you also feel that third energy of some part of yourself being shut down, being stuck, being unable to come forward and join the party, right? There's some part of you that is like, let me out of here, I'm stuck, and you can't get to her. So I came into the winter ritual that my community was doing with that personal awareness. Okay, so I look back at all the messages I had received and ignored or missed entirely, with this awareness, because now I'm really looking into my blindness and starting to ask myself, why this blindness now? How is this serving me? 
And so I started reviewing all of these messages that I had received over the past year and realized, heck, hell, I've been receiving some of them for three years. Um, I had ignored some entirely. And this, this review probably ended up stretching back to some big moments back four or five years. And I really began to see this pattern in my life, which I'm frankly kind of embarrassed to admit. But this is what we do, right? We get busy. You know, some of you got three kids on top of everything. Some of you got to work two jobs. You know, it, it's busy. I get it. I do it. That's what I'm talking about. So anyway, so because I can see, I see my life through the lens of my shamanic cosmology. It gives me the ability to recognize patterns much more readily. Um, any cosmology does that. For me, it's the greatest gift of actually embodying a cosmology in your life and using it to see to see your life through that lens so anyway i was able to see as i look back at all these patterns over all these years um and these messages from spirit etc that the places um the pattern in those particular messages i could see that they were in essence the same pattern that i at that i could see in my students in my community who were in their deepest struggles same messages um, I could see this in my own blocked growth by what felt like outside forces. Um, so an outside force would be, for example, I'm a single breadwinner. I have to keep this job to pay the bills, to keep my house, to feed my dog, to um, maintain these um, two activities I have outside of work that are where I really nourish the things that matter most to my heart and that my whole life continuing to work is dependent on me keeping this job. So that's a sense where we're assuming this outside force, me keeping this job is absolutely necessary for me to maintain all these other things in my life. It's an assumption that's being made. It feels real on a certain level. It is real, but it is nothing more than a collection of choices based on a collection of assumptions. And this is true for all of us all the time, right? That doesn't mean they're wrong choices. It doesn't mean they're wrong assumptions, but they are always choices and assumptions, right? Okay. So anyway, that's what I mean by looking at where the stuckness is coming out of these, this perception of outside forces. Okay. So ultimately looking at all of the ways different parts of life reflect back what you need to be looking at. I can see that where my blindness is from the perspective of my cosmology is in the north. It is the elemental energy of the earth and it particularly is the archetypal energies of the teacher, leader, sovereign and trickster. And so the question, now that I'm beginning to dial into what arena in life, in my transformational life, are we talking about, I can really start to dial in this question, why there? Why the blindness there? Who in me is maintaining that blindness and why? And in particular, why now? Why is this what is arising now? Okay, so as I feel deeper into this question, why this blindness, why now, and I feel into the realm that has been in the dark to me because I chose the blindness. And so that's the thing to understand about being blind to something. It, it effectively numbs that whole part of our life experience out for us. It's as if it doesn't exist. 
And that's why your own personal blindness, you know, my own personal blindness, it's why our blindness is so debilitating for us, completely distorts our perception of reality. And if you're really, really stuck, there will be a blindness. And the resources that you need are hidden in it. Okay, that's the whole point of today's show, right? So I feel into that, grope around basically in this dark area where I've been blind. And I did not turn on the light. And that is a great mistake to wait around until you can find the light switch. Because I'm telling you, if you've been blind to something for years, there ain't no light switch. Or maybe there's a switch, but there's no power. Or there's no bulb in the light. And this need to see it will keep you stuck. Grope in the darkness. Feel your way around in this realm you have been hiding from yourself. This is a felt journey. And as you're moving in this darkness, ask why. Feeling into who is the me in here who is choosing this blackout? Who is hiding this completely from me and why? And I began to feel into that aspect of myself and why she's making that choice. And what I start feeling as I feel into her and this choice to be blind, what I see is the way that choice is serving me is it's keeping me from feeling a deep, deep bone-weary sorrow, a deep sorrow. And so For me, with this particular blindness, I began to explore that sorrow, where it was coming from, all the different places in my life that I feel that kind of sorrow. And the sorrow is for a particular missing relationship with aspects of myself. So anyway, that's the exploration of that particular journey. So coming back to the point here this making this a kind of a universal process so for many people diving into the heavy uh scary well for some people just diving into the feelings is scary that you've decided that your feelings are scary and that you live in a culture that is moving towards this naive idea that we all need to be neutral all the time and that we should all be afraid of our feelings and that pain is going to kill us and none of those things are true And so the rigors really of being a shamanic practitioner, and certainly if you presume to be a shamanic healer, is that you must be willing and able to move in your feelings. And so for many people diving into these heavy, darker, hidden, I should just say hidden feelings is scary and something to be avoided. However, my teachers in shamanism Qigong, energy body stuff, human and non-human teachers have all made it very clear. You are simply not an adult in the eyes of spirit if you are afraid to feel. Period. It doesn't matter what your history is. The fact that you are here today being afraid to feel is proof it did not kill you. So buckle up here and feel into those feelings and free yourself from the need to stay stuck there. 
my helping spirits always say, if you cannot know your own heart, how will you ever know why you are here? Your purpose is obvious to you when you allow yourself fullness within your own life. When you allow your feelings in your life, when you allow yourself to be present in your life, your purpose will be obvious. How can you know yourself if you refuse to know your heart? So it's important to cultivate the skill of deep feeling, allowing yourself to spiral down without stopping for any false reasons. And my point in this particular topic about stuckness is that we have to look into where we are blind and find why. Because in that why is the vein of gold. So in that sorrow was the beginning to tap that particular vein of gold. And now it's been there all along. So the next question is how do you mine that vein of gold? So remember... You're already doing all of it all the time, and you're stuck. The vein of gold is lying right there in plain sight, but you've chosen blindness to hide yourself from it. But it's all still there. And so follow the really simple logic here. If you want to mine that gold and get out of a stuckness that is being created by it just as the logical conclusion of your collective belief systems – It's just you being who you are. It's a logical conclusion of you being who you are is this stuckness. If you want out of that, you have to learn something new. That's it. You have to learn something new. You can't just reshuffle all the same old cards. You have to add something new to your hand. For real, you are going to need to invest time. You are going to need to invest energy. You will likely need to invest money. You will need to dedicate yourself to that learning, blood, sweat, and tears. You need to get real about this, that if you are stuck, this this logical conclusion of your collective belief system kind of stuck, the only way to truly unstick yourself is to change what makes up that inner collective belief system. You need to learn something new deeply and allow that learning to change the way you hold all that you have come to know as yourself. Okay, so this is really the final piece of getting out of unstuck because it can't just be novelty for novelty's sake. It can't just be taking the next shamanic training because that's the next cool person on your list. That the learning needs to be selected, um, in a sense, by the vein of gold. How the hell do you do that, Christina? Well, this is what I want to try to do my best today to talk about because it is a fairly intuitive, felt sense kind of perhaps shamanic-like process, although I have to admit that I did begin doing this before I knew anything about shamanism. It's just a little easier when you actually have helping spirits to talk to. But anyway, so we're on this this phase of getting out of being stuck called learning something new. 
spending resources. Make a commitment to do something that will require you to engage in a completely different way of life. Uh, but what to learn, right? That's the step we're at. What to learn. So this is where the patterns that you saw when you began to investigate what you have been blind to begin to matter. The patterns themselves are not the vein of gold. But they're important for us to understand what neighborhood are we in, right? And so they help us to find the vein of gold by tuning deeply into our felt sense and asking why we've been blind. Who is creating – who in me is creating that blindness? That gets us to the vein of gold. Once we're on the vein of gold, now we want to go back to the patterns, And then we need to do two things in that realm of the patterns that we saw as part of this particular blindness is you want to open yourself up. You know, now this is kind of like pulling the curtain back and shining the light into that realm that you've been blind in. Now is the time to just cross the board. I'm looking at all of it. No holds barred. Right. So I need to look into this arena that I've been blind to with new eyes open to all of it once again, Um, no prior preconceived ideas or notions. I'm going to relearn about all this again, and I'm going to ask for help. Now, in the beginning, your asking for help is purely intuitive spirit asking, energy asking, you know, asking your life, because what you're asking now is for your life to bring in the new thing that you need to say, yes, this is it. This is the help that I'm asking for. Okay, tracking with me? All right, so let me, I'm gonna share three examples of times in my life when this has happened. And these are all times where the thing came in and learning that thing uh, pivoted my life around, completely changed the really the foundation of my life and thus moved me ultimately Um, And completely out of whatever the stuckness was that I was in at that time. And I'm a very diligent, um, patterned, reliable person. So being very goat-like, you know, if you give me a mountain, I'll climb it. And so consequently, I get stuck a lot because I just keep going. I just keep going and I keep going and I keep going. And it takes a long time for me to realize I'm not getting anywhere. So I'm really good at getting stuck, which has meant I've had to get good at getting unstuck, like really unstuck, because this also goes, you know, ironically, with a very short fuse around boredom. So once I recognize that I'm stuck, I'm immediately bored with it and immediately need to change it in some profoundly fundamental way. And I'm willing to do almost anything to do that. I mean, short of soul loss. Okay, so. Uh, you know, this, these are lessons hard won, <laughs> very, very good at getting stuck and thus becoming better at, at getting unstuck. Okay. So the first example I want to share is one for those of you that are kind of new to shamanism. You don't have a lot of shamanic skills yet because this whole process, beginning, middle and end happened before I learned about shamanism. So this, the same principles apply. Okay. Even if you don't have helping spirits to help. Okay, so the, the stuckness that I was in at that point in time in my life was a pattern of depression that I would cycle out of and 
and naively believe or convince myself that it was okay, that I was done now, that whatever I had just done had fixed the depression and then I would cycle back in. And each time I cycled back into the depression, I was cycling in at a deeper and deeper level of depression. And those of you that um, have patterns of depression, this is not news to you. This is not anything particularly special, but I'm just sharing with people who might not have heard depression stories before or might have the joy in their life of not actually having that pattern. Um, anyway, that was my pattern. And um, what I saw in the blindness piece was that I was very kind of willfully blind to the movement of spirit in my life uh, while I was constantly asking for help. And this is not a very unique place. I see this in a lot of people in the beginning. Um, you want to – you've started to notice that coincidences matter, right? But you're not willing to actually interpret the coincidences into some kind of actual action you can take if you don't like the message. So there's this this sense of, well, yeah, something's going on here, but I'm not really going to listen. But I need help. And so it's this very fence-sitting, namby-pamby kind of relationship with all of it. I kind of believe it, but I'm not really going to believe it enough to take a new action. So I was in that place where I was pretty desperately asking for help. My life was not easy at that point in time, but I was also somewhat willfully not noticing the bigger messages from spirit, especially when I didn't particularly like them, which was most of them. Okay. So at the time, the pattern was hard for me to articulate because I wasn't living, seeing my life through the lens of a cosmology yet. I was like everybody else. I was just a contemporary person and I didn't really have that kind of template to see the world through. And so it's a little bit harder to name the patterns clearly. But but looking back, as I did uh, getting ready for the show, I would say that basically the patterns were about practice. I mean, I was dancing at the time, so I had a lot of practice in my life, a lot of class, a lot of rehearsal, a lot of a lot of dedication to physical practice. And to support that dance practice, I also had yoga practice and, and a little bit of a Qigong practice and um, discipline around my food. So there was a lot of rigid discipline in my life. Um, and, and, and in that rigidity, it would break and there would be this really heartfelt, spontaneous other kind of practice that would happen, big um, kind of breaks in reality and big insights that would shift things. But it was very kind of herky-jerky and um, random. You know, spontaneous is the happy side of it. Random would be the unhappy side of it where it was unreliable. It didn't always happen when I needed it. And I was often in over my head with teachers that weren't involved enough, to, evolved in themselves enough to recognize that I was experiencing like some, let's say, some pretty profound effects from a Qigong series that I was learning and the, the teacher would just say, well, you can't be having that experience. You haven't practiced long enough yet. 
And I'm like, but I am having these experiences and I don't know what to make of it. So, so I also had that kind of relationship with practice where your teachers aren't really that good. And that's not helping because they're giving you kind of misinformation about how to process the experiences that you're having. So my point is just there was a lot of information around practice, practice being too rigid, practice being too random, not really understanding what it would look like to have my practices support me as a person in the world and then be a person who is choosing to dance, Um, modern dance at that point in time. Okay, so that's where the um, pattern was. Okay, so why? So as I felt into why I was maintaining this particular willful blindness around this area of my life, what I ultimately came to at the time was the me who was maintaining the blindness was deeply afraid that I was insane, literally, like bad crazy, that I was functionally, that I was just this high-functioning crazy person, and um, I was terrified that that was actually my greater reality. Um, So that's why I was maintaining this particular blindness. There's the me who was just trying to hide the insane person behind the curtain. Um, Okay, and so we pull the curtain back, we shine light on the fear of the insanity, um, which also definitely clarified why the people I was getting in relationship with were insane because I wasn't willing to see it in myself. So I kept trying to date it. It was terrible. It was a very crazy time. So anyway, so I opened up to see, see these patterns all around and asked for help. And through a very, very, very convoluted path of a whole bunch of other things happening that had to do with the depression And another thing happening that was sad and another thing happening that was even more sad and another thing happening that was so sad that I thought I would never climb out of this horrible, sad, depressed place. Boom. The idea of learning to journey dropped into my life, literally just dropped in. Not like I had a dream and my grandmother came to me and told me to learn to journey. It was totally random. But because I was open and I was asking for help, I felt the question, the asking for help question, hook the right answer. It's like I felt the fish on the line. No idea what journeying was. Didn't make any sense why I would bother to do it because it certainly had nothing to do with me as a dancer at that point in time. It wasn't going to get me a dance job. Not a clue why I should care, and yet that fish was on that hook of that question. So I did it. I learned a journey. Changed everything in my life. Absolutely everything pivoted around my willingness to trust my life to give me the thing that I needed to learn to do and to learn to do it. And so I learned a journey. A journey. Every single thing in my life that wasn't working, I journeyed about it. I got answers from spirit. I acted on the answers. I don't know why I believed it, but it made sense. It was very practical. So I just did it. And and that moved me, that new thing in my life completely moved me out of my stuckness because it was the right new thing to mine that vein of gold, that I'm afraid I'm insane vein of gold. 
Okay. I know this is a little bit, this is a very shamanic process. I admit it. It's a little counterintuitive, but that is the problem with this kind of stuckness is it's reasonable. It makes sense. The way out of it is very trickstery. Okay. So let me share a second example. Okay. So this is later on in my life, about 15, 18 years later. I got stuck living my soul's purpose. This is my current theme. <laughs> so anyway, um, my life at this point in time is this massive expression of my soul's purpose. And so I had all, all well, at that point in time, I had all eight parts of the cycle teachings working. I'm just realizing there actually was a ninth piece to the cycle. They're all happening. They're happening on the East Coast. They're happening in on the West Coast. Um clients, everything's moving along, everything's an expression of my soul's purpose, and it's killing me. I've done a lot of shows about this time in my life, but I'm going to put it in the context of stuckness. So I do my work. It's hugely inspiring to do my work, very passionate. I feel tons of energy moving through me when I'm doing it, and then I'd be done, and I would be wrecked, and I would go home and have to do all of the logistical stuff to set up creating the experiences for me to go do what it is that I was my soul's purpose. And that whole dynamic of essentially producing the events, large or small, that would allow me to then do my soul's purpose was literally killing me energetically. Okay, so what was I blind to? So what I was blind to, in most of these stories, by the way, changing my chemistry in a spring detox is the thing that allowed me to see the blindness. That, that's my kind of go-to chemistry change. Okay, so anyway. So my blindness in this case is the fact that living your soul's purpose won't fix everything. I mean, that's kind of a new age idea, right? Do what you love and the money will come. If you just do what is right for your soul, everything will fall into place. Yeah, right. So the point, the important thing to understand is that that is new agey and it is the misuse of a spiritual principle. There is truth in there. But it's out of context, being used out of context at that point. So the point is the helping spirits won't save us. They will answer your questions and support us in our work in the world, but they completely expect us to be taking care of ourselves. And they will not save us from ourselves in that way. Okay, so by this time in this, so that was my blindness, my blindness to this belief that if I just keep doing my soul's purpose, it's going to fix everything. And the reality is it's not. It's killing me, literally. So um, I had a cosmology at this time and I looked at the patterns going on in my life and they were all in the realm of the south, the fire, the healer and death. And they were all about not letting things that needed to die, die, about not being able because I didn't have the energy to give birth to the things I needed to give birth to. It was about um, having uh, too much faith that things would work out instead of being able to put my foot down and say, you know what, this isn't working. This is not working out. Having more faith here is just naive that I need to be asking for help. And so all these patterns – in this blindness around healing, my own healing, my own ability to live in well-being and model the teachings that I was teaching, all of that kind of stuff. Okay. So when I felt into the blindness, what I saw was this seduction of believing what we're taught by contemporary shamanic teachers. 
you just journey. Your helping spirits are there. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be in relationship with them. Or the other side of it is, oh, they're all hungry ghosts. extreme naive expression of what it really means to be in relationship with spirit being taught for a large part by people that have not been in working relationship with spirit for even an entire lifetime yet themselves okay so and, I, and I'm not even talking about the new agey stuff and the, the idea of incessant positivity like the, that these other aspects of the human potential movement. I'm talking about the aspect of how contemporary shamanism is offered that is profoundly naive and not based in good energy body hygiene. And the reason I was maintaining this blindness and this, this dedication and love to my teachers was the simple fact I did not want to do this alone. I'm human. I wanted a teacher in human form to talk to me. I did not want to be out there like a batshit crazy person listening to spirit and making shit up. Who the hell was I to do that? I wanted a teacher who knew what the fuck was going on. Right? Just like everybody else. And I had to accept the fact that they don't. That we're all, the mo- those of us that aren't coming out of a tradition, we are all children in this, myself included. And the sooner I grew up, put on my big girl panties, started acting like an adult, standing on my own two feet and talking to my helping spirits and trust that they, they would tell me what I needed to knew, know, that I would start cultivating a right relationship with uncertainty and a right relationship with the unknown. And stop acting like a child who wants somebody to put those things in a nice tidy box with a pink bow. They don't go in a box. That's the bond. That's what keeps the great mystery a mystery. And that's what makes the world interesting and worth living. Right? So, put panties on, open up, pull the cover back, open up this whole arena of blindness for help. One thing leads to another. Basically, convoluted once again. I'm just asking for help, asking for help. And that intuitively, director says to me, main day of my sort of support now, he says to me, if you do not do something, Chris, going treating, you have to do something about your energy. He said, here, there's a new teacher in town. He's teaching at the studio. The studio is offering two weeks classes free. Have no excuse. Go take a class. So he handed me the car for free teaching. Says here, go take this class. So I go. I take three classes over that those two weeks. Three classes over the two weeks, and I'm in the middle of the third class. It's just lovely, actually. But it's a silent class, and we're doing this beautiful chong form, and my arms open up above my head in this form, and it's like open a window, and all helping spirits all peer in. Yeah? Okay. 
So we're having a little Skype. So should I start with my story? Okay. So I'm in Qigong class and third class, two free weeks. I take three classes. I'm in the third class and I'm doing this beautiful Qigong form and I open up my arms above my head in the Qigong. It's like I open this little window and all my helping spirits are up there looking at me as if to say, see, we told you so. And I say to them, all right, fine, I get it. And then realize I've just said that out loud in silent Qigong class. <laughs> anyway, at least my helping spirits made sure that I understand that it was this teacher in these forms that were going to be the answer to my healer dilemma in my life in the problem of my stuckness at that time. So I took class. Uh, it seemed totally improbable because all I needed, right, was one more thing to do and to practice, to carve out an hour a day at that point in time seemed unreasonable. But as I did that, my life started to change. All the stuckness started to change and I started to see there were commitments I'd made that were giving me nothing back. There were agreements that I'd made that I was sticking to out of some sense of integrity that were, uh, had become a complete waste of my time. And I suddenly was able, by getting a healthy, healthier perception of my own energy, to see um, where the gold was that I could mine and bring into my life and change my life. So final story would be get back to the story that we've been telling. Right, or I have been. I have been telling, and so we have. Um, the blindness to the teacher leader sovereign, right, and um, there we go. Blindness to the teacher leader sovereign, and um, I'm reaching into that uh, blindness to find that part of myself. Um, and what I'm finding in, as I follow that line with that person, is I'm finding that I'm afraid to become the teacher that my own personal practice is pushing me to become because I'm afraid I will lose what I have built. I will lose my clients. I will lose my students. I will lose the radio show audience, all that I have built, because I will become an even more acquired taste. Very common fear. I'm not immune to them. Very common fear that if I make a change, I'll lose everything that I've built. So pull the curtain back, open up, ask for help. And through a very crazy sequence of emails from a radio show listener, for reasons that made no sense why I was even getting this email, I got an email to learn to offer live transformational online teaching which was way too expensive. I couldn't possibly afford to do it, nor could I even show up for most of the live sessions. But I did it because that was the fish on the line. And so this is Christina's remedy for getting out of garden variety. This is a logical conclusion of my life stuckness is to change your chemistry so that you can see your blindness, use your blindness to see why you're blind. Diving into the why will give you the vein of gold. And looking back at the patterns and opening up and asking your life to give you the new thing you need to learn, 
you will catch that fish on the line. You will find that new thing, no matter how impractical it seems, make the changes you need to make, commit the resources you need to commit, and do it. Learning that new thing will allow you then, will change you, and allow you then to change your life and move out of your stuckness. So I give thanks to all of the helping spirits who have made this teaching real for me. I give gratitude for the ancestors around, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. Thank you everyone for listening. <laughs>